0: Go become an expert in the Dewpoint system. Guys, listen to what I say. It's a business
1: that we can enjoy
0: for a a lifetime. Just going to jump in. We at Dewpoint really believe that this tool that we have created is our future. All right. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another Dewpoint Connect session. Uh, We have a very exciting uh, format for you this evening, uh, a topic uh, that we're going to be discussing. it is called Young Money. We're going to be talking about young adults getting involved in point. We're going to be talking about young adults and their view of money, their view of wealth. Um, and what makes this evening particularly exciting is that we have got uh, a couple of guests that are going to be joining us this evening. That makes it really exciting. So let me introduce our guests. We have... Farouk Simon at the top. Good evening, Farouk. You can say good evening. There you go. (laughs) Farouk's wondering whether he's muted or not. Um, (laughs) And uh, so Farouk is... Farouk, I think you're in your early 30s now?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just 30. Just 30.
0: 30. And uh, (laughs) so Farouk has gone through his 20s. And so we're going to be talking about that because that gives him... I think that gives you a different perspective. Um and then we've got Michaela Ferreira who's our rank two in the business. Good evening, Michaela.
3: Good evening, Rob. How are you?
0: <laughs> Michaela sounds shy already. Michaela, you are a little bit shy, aren't you? Well, bit, um
3: not so much when through, you're
0: prospecting. Well,
3: I used to be shy, but through due point I've kind of come out of my shell, which is a good thing.
0: It is a good thing your first step to becoming an extrovert as I tell everybody and then we've got Stacey Paul who's also uh, early 30s eh Stace?
1: Yeah just 31 eh
0: (laughs) so very early 30s. So I guess uh, very similar in age to Farouk also you've uh, you've got different perspective to so both of you've got different perspective to Michaela because you guys have been through your your 20s so you've got a um, let's say a 10-year head start on Michaela or does Michaela have a 10-year head start on you guys? Yeah. And I think that's, <laughs> that's going to be the question this evening. I think that's something we're going to bring to light this evening. Uh, and then you've got me who's 15 years ahead of even the 30-year-olds uh, <laughs> clocking in at 45 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Um So I think I am, what does that make me? 25 years behind Michaela. Michaela's got a 25-year head start on me. Michaela's thinking, how do I have a head start on someone who's 45? (laughs) We're going to be explaining that this evening. So guys, welcome. Uh, It's so awesome to have you joining me on this Connect session. Uh, I'm going to quickly have a peek see how many people have joined us on Facebook. always love to go have a little squiz at Facebook. I see we've got Rishko ready there, Philip and Louis, Stephen Hooper. Uh, Stephen's new to me, I think. Uh, Stephen, your guest, uh, Farouk. He's saying good evening, Farouk. Uh, We've got Nomsa, we've got uh, Babobalo, we've got Bernard. Beverly's there. Beverly's got a head start on all of us. No offense, Beverly. Uh, James. We've got Leon. uh, There's Johan. So a lot of the the usual characters. Colin. Colin's got a head start on all of us. Colin clocking in at 63. Proudly. Yeah. 63. (laughs) All right. So uh, one of the great things about DuPont is we've got such a huge range of people that are part of this business. Um, But this evening we're going to be specifically looking at young adults. So when I think of young adults. Uh, I don't really look at the age. I look at people who don't have kids <laughs> because I think your outlook and your responsibilities are very different. You know, I'm uh, I'm someone who's got two small children and your, your world changes completely when you have kids, right? Your responsibilities change. You try, uh, try to become responsible for the dependence that you have, right? There's a lot, of, a lot more responsibility on your shoulders. So kind of when I think of, young adults, I think of people that are, you know, 18 years and older, but going into mid thirties, um, you know, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't. Um, but I want to ask you guys specifically, what life, what life looked like, uh, from a money point of view, I'm going to start with you Farouk. When you grew up, what was your experience of money? Uh, was this topic of wealth even a thing? Um, what was your experience looking at your parents? Uh, you know the environment around you. What was it like growing up? And you know you've got this pressure. I think when you start getting older, you start getting closer to uh, to leaving school, and now you've got this huge pressure of deciding what to do with your life, what to where to invest your time, whether you're going to study or not, whether you can study or not. What what passions you have, whether you can afford to even follow your passions, because so much of that's going to dictate what the rest of your life looks like to retirement and even
2: beyond what was, what was that like for you those early years? Evening, everybody. Uh, thanks, Rob, for allowing me to, to speak on the platform. Okay, so growing up, um, well, <clears throat> my mom worked very hard um, as I was growing up. That was still in my schooling years, and my dad also worked very hard. You know, he was uh, doing maintenance in a hotel. My mom was working the takeaways before she applied to become a nurse. Um, so growing up was a bit difficult. You know, it was challenging lots of... Um, Lots of tasks I was given um, in, in the household and stuff like that. Um, but then once I matriculated, I already knew that I want to go and work. You know, I didn't want to really study and stuff like that because, I mean, I just came out of school and stuff and then I immediately got into to retail. So I worked in retail for two years and then I, I went into hospitality. But I had expectations. Obviously, I had dreams and stuff like that of, you know, driving sports cars and stuff like <laughs> that. But I When I went through employment, I saw that, okay, you're making money, but, you know, this money is not enough. You know, you can never um, save and get to that point. So anyway, as I was going through employment and stuff like that, like I said, I was in hospitality five years uh, in South Africa, and then I applied to go abroad. And then you have this expectation, okay, going abroad and stuff, I'm going to make so much money, I'm going to come back a millionaire. (laughs) And then... um, I applied, I had this huge expectation. And then when I went abroad, it was completely different because of the cost of living there. And you know, you have to buy food, you have to pay rent. And then the money that you save is not that much. Yes, you do, you do make a lot of money, but the money that you save there, because you still have to go out, you do things, you know, you're still young. And when I came back, I was like, okay, I told myself in five years I'll come back and I'll open up my skateboarding school and stuff like that. When I came back, I was like, "Yo, the stuff is so expensive in South Africa, everything went up. Right. And fortunately I couldn't, you know, um, really reach my dreams of employment. And that's where I realized, you know, because every year basically we can go home like once a year. So every year I would save up money and I'd come home and then I spend the money and go back. And, you know, it was the same thing, you know, you're working the same, the same routine and I needed something, you know, I needed something. And then, um, I decided when I got out of employment, I said, you know what? I'm not going to work for someone. I want to try doing businesses or getting involved in something. And that's what I tried. Yeah, I tried, tried did, to do it Did you have an <laughs> understanding
0: of the value of working for yourself? Were you, did you have a some appreciation that you were stuck in the cycle of just creating kind of transactional cash? Some people refer to it living hand to mouth, but only having transactional cash, not really being able to go beyond that. Was that,
2: the drive for you to try do your own thing yes absolutely i think that was a drive because um it was just like the same thing you know you're doing the same thing you're working like 12 to 14 hours because hos- hospitality is very long hours so you're working 12 to 14 hours per day and you're doing it like six times per week you know you get one day off and it was just you know it was tiring for me yeah um and i think that's that's when i realized i need to do something else so when i came back i tried to do some investments uh started the car business and you know buying fashion bags but it was difficult because I mean you still need to you still need to put in lots of you know capital and then you have to find buyers and stuff like that and people don't want to buy and yeah you know, it was just frustrating. So when so I did saw you DuPont, find working for
0: yourself you were still stuck in transactional cash because
2: Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah you know, absolutely you just you've just because created a job for yourself, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> correct. Correct. <laughs> so but then when I when I saw Dew Point and I saw the asset recurring income and I got attracted to it. And I mean it's something that I needed. I needed, you know, I needed like a funeral cover investment plan and stuff like that. So I didn't have any of those. Yeah. So, aren't you glad you uh, got out
0: of hospitality? Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Long out. That industry has been absolutely massacred in the last year. Um, mm-hmm. Michaela, what has your experience been? You, uh, a couple of years out of school now, uh, a year and a half about, and, uh, you just turned 20, I think, last month. Was it last month? April? Uh,
3: no, uh, actually March, two months March. ago. March,
0: okay, two months ago. <laughs> um, Get a dry drop. <laughs> I don't know, all the wealth engineers. Um, <laughs> I remember your birthday. So tell us, what what was your experience growing up? What did, What was your outlook of money and what you were going to do and
3: well um good evening all uh rob thank you so much uh for having me on the platform this evening um yeah uh you know i've always learned from experience okay um and and my dad um you know he's always been a hardworking person and for me i look up to a person like my dad okay and and you know what the thing is my dad was was working for a boss, only making him uh, only making the boss rich and not himself. Okay. Did you and hear your father you know complaining what? about that? All the time, Rob. All the time. <laughs> and, and you know what? When I was eight years old, my dad actually got retrenched. When you were eight. And yeah. Okay. And from ages old, I actually started learning what life actually. Was all about. Um, at eight years old, I had to grow up. Uh, my mom, my mom became extremely ill, so um, I I had to take care of her. And my dad also, um, you know, uh, being being actually retrenched and then doing property part time, okay, to try and put food on the table for the family. So you know what? Um, reality is that. We cannot only rely on one source of income, OK? And when I had joined Dewpoint, OK, I saw an opportunity to help South Africans out there, change their lives as much as what Dewpoint is helping me to change mine, OK? And I saw an opportunity to also become independent, I'm a very simple person, okay? Mm. Since since I was small, I've always wanted to help people. Okay? And and as many of you know that um at the moment I'm studying my second year of varsity, I've still got three years to go. Lord help me.
0: What uh, are you studying, Michaela? <laughs> so,
3: um Rob, I'm actually doing a BA degree in uh, linguistics through uh, Unisa. And, and you
0: know is that is that because Sorry, I just want to chip in there and ask, what was your motivation around that? Was that because you're passionate about
3: well, actually, linguistics, or
0: I mean, did you think there was opportunity there? Did you did you look around at the environment and go, people need linguists?
3: Well, <laughs> um, actually, about that, um, linguistics was actually not my first choice to begin with. Um, you know, like I said, as a little girl, I always wanted to help people, and... The only way I thought I could help people was through a medical perspective, so I wanted to go. Uh, I actually wanted to become a physiotherapist, and um, and obviously at the end of my trick, we all go through it. We don't we don't have those marks that you need to you know to obviously go into the Pacific course. Yeah, and that's when I looked back, and then my second choice was tourism. And then COVID hit, and then I thought to myself, no, you know what? And then I took a step back again, and I looked at my results, my metric results, and my languages were always higher than everything else. And then that's when I thought, you know what? I'm going to go into linguistics. I'm going to do something that I'm passionate about. I've always been passionate passionate about languages, so, yeah, uh, that's what I'm pursuing at the moment. And you know what? The thing is, you know, after my five-year degree, I'm not guaranteed a job at the end of those five years, okay? You know, UNISA is not going to go and and go and look for a job for me. They're not. They're going to say, okay, thank you for your services. Goodbye. Now it's your time to go look for a job. That's basically what they're going to tell me. They're not going to help me. So, you know what, when I got introduced to the DuPont opportunity, I didn't hesitate. Why? Because it's passive recurring income that I'm guaranteed every single month. And you know what, my parents never gave me a monthly allowance. I was never one of those lucky children to get a monthly allowance. So when I saw the opportunity, I thought, "No, I'm going to give myself a monthly allowance every month. And that's what I do. And... so so your
0: career choice has almost been based on uh the skill that you have
3: yes
0: um but you've kind of uh, you decided to join dewpoint um out of the necessity yes yeah and i think a lot of people coming out of school are kind of faced with that with that decision um Mm -hmm. you know and some of them don't get involved in a business like dewpoint they They're at university and maybe their parents are giving them money every single month and Mm -hmm. they're probably
3: probably drinking
0: a lot on weekends.
3: Exactly. This is exactly what Stacey
0: did. (laughs) (laughs) So Stacey, let's get on to you. So Stacey's a a, a chartered accountant. Uh, She studied... Many, many years. Her parents spent lots of money at university. Um, and Stacey heads up our financial department. So, a very bright person, a uh, uh, massively in demand skill set, also a skill set that's paid, um, paid really well. Stace, what was your experience kind of in your later years in high school and who forced you to become an accountant? <laughs>
1: Well, I actually grew up with, from young, my dad talking about money and the importance of just financial freedom and, and just independence and not having to depend on others to help you financially. So it was a big thing that um, I always um, just grew up with the background of and hearing. And, I mean, fortunately, I like numbers and... Um, yeah uh then i would i mean i'll be frank that i I did ca because i knew the career opportunities it would have and i wanted to um be financially free and i wanted to have um to go into something that would have opportunity for
0: me yeah so i think um yeah i think i initially pursued something similar um I also enjoyed numbers uh also enjoyed design and so um I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to apply to architecture and engineering at WITS. uh and I got accepted into both I chose engineering and then I dropped out in the first term <laughs> uh, and then i pursued i pursued uh design um, so i didn't i didn't carry on and get the professional degree. Um, Nonetheless, it's led me to where I am uh, today, anyway. And so I think with with young people, you can see how the motivation is is so varied and so different. Um, In particular, what was your understanding of money, Stace, growing up in high school?
1: So I actually... My dad did very well as a businessman, but I grew up thinking we were poor. (laughs) um, (laughs) But while um, I I, I finished high school at a private
0: school. I hope your dad's not watching this. I know, I hope so too.
1: too. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I grew up with friends around me who had DSTV and um, (laughs) the money was rolling and (laughs) we didn't have those things. And I thought it was from a lack of money, but it was just from a choice that my parents made um, to save costs and to, yeah, people don't want to, everyone wants the long term dream of being able to retire young or to be financially free, but no one wants to sacrifice in the short term. Yeah. So, I I mean, I was taught from young, we'd go to a restaurant and it's like, oh, you you have one drink, you know. (laughs) So, if you want the coffee after dinner, you have a glass of water during dinner. and it, it's just, it's in me. It's how I see everything now,
0: still. <laughs> so when did you start to, start to appreciate the benefit of being frugal?
1: Um, I'd say for, I only really no, noticed it, like, um, in high school, I'd say. But, I i mean, my dad opened a bank account for me when I was, like, four years old, and it had 20 rand in. And, um, you know, he taught me the... The value of compounding over time and yeah. i just i saw that how such small changes and such small amounts um, you don't even think about it at the time actually it feels like a bit of a sacrifice but you forget about it quickly and years later you look down the line and you realize how like what a big difference it made And I only realized that at the end of varsity when I saw how much I had saved um, compared to my friends who drank away all their (laughs) money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's something we're going to demonstrate this evening. And perhaps it's a question for a lot of young adults is, um, are they sacrificing? Are they being frugal um, so that they can benefit in the long term? Mm. And-,
1: yeah, and it's all about choice. It's priority. So
0: yeah. we all
1: have those things that we enjoy. Um, and that's okay. You can still enjoy those things, but then there's sacrifice in other areas. And maybe it's you enjoy those things and you sacrifice time to work harder on point, or...
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think, you know, uh, again, demonstrated by, you know, just the stories of, of each of us. We've got very different backgrounds, uh, different opportunities, different aspirations, different things that we're passionate about. Different decisions that we make. Uh, and you don't always make the right decision when you're 18, 19 years old. You know, I remember wanting first to become a vet, then I wanted to become an architect, <laughs> then I was going to become a car designer. And then I ended up just becoming, uh, just being a graphic designer and kind of things kind of evolved from there. Um, but what I think it highlights is, is perhaps one of the benefits of Dewpoint is that it doesn't matter what your circumstance is point has been designed so that anyone can take advantage of it. But you know, we're not we're not going to be getting into the into all the benefits of DewPoint. What we want to do this evening is is really allow young people to understand the power that they have in the time that they have, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the one thing, Stacey. You and I were talking about it this afternoon, uh, and that's why I say I don't have 25 years on uh, Michaela. She's got a 25 year head start on me. Um, And that's going to become very apparent when we get on to uh, that little subject that your father schooled you on, which is compound Mm -hmm. interest, which we'll be getting to shortly. But what I want to talk about is just about intent. So, Mm Farouk, I think you've been quite an intentful person, even having got out of school. You sound like you hustled quite a bit. Uh, You you dipped your toe into numerous things, perhaps uh, similarly to me um when we talk about designing your life you feel like you have control over over your prosperity you know we look at the majority of the population you can say 95 percent of them aren't prosperous you
2: think you can be uh rob yeah definitely eh? definitely now that i've found your point of course <laughs> but i mean before um you know like nothing is guaranteed It'll- like I said, you know, you're working a job, you're not really happy, you try something else, you know, you never know if it's going to really work. But I mean, if you have, if you. Get into a business that that offers sustainability. I think that's where people, people need that. You know, we need security, we need, we need sustainability and stuff like that. So I think when I when I found that in DewPoint, it immediately attracted me, like I said earlier, um, just the recurring income, you know, the recurring income, you're building an asset. Like I explained to one of my prospects today, you know, I asked that prospect today, um, while I was chatting to her, I asked her, you know, if you build, let's say, for example, you join dewpoint and after two years you build. Ten to fifteen thousand rand per month, right? You're earning ten to fifteen thousand rand from your asset. If mm-hmm. you do not work on your asset for the next year, okay, but you still keep your business activated, will you still get paid ten to fifteen thousand rand? And she said no. So I'm like, okay, so you're not you're not getting the point. You don't understand. You've been probably let me explain yep. it to you again. Yep. So when I explained it to her again, she was so impressed. You know that um, you know you're actually building an asset for yourself, and it can pay you for you know long-term and you can, you can inherit it to your kids. Yeah. She was blown away. Yeah. I was absolutely blown away. So I think a lot of people don't understand what an asset is, especially the youngsters. We need to really take them over it, you know, and once they understand the security and the sustainability of the business, I think that's where they really they find value. I think it's all about value, right?
0: Exactly. So with Point, there's always been a bit of a learning curve to business. Um, and so, you know, all wealth engineers, um, their mandate almost becomes not just connecting people to dewpoint, but you've got this responsibility of trying to educate your prospect to what those benefits mean. Like you said, you know, you could have explained dewpoint, and then you you asked your prospect um, if they stopped working, will they still earn? And you know, with that mentality of I only earn when I'm working, uh, her answer was no, you don't earn. Um, exactly, Michaela. You have got twenty-five years on me. What are you going to do differently? There wasn't Dew Point when I was when I matriculated in nineteen ninety-four. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, Rob, what I am gonna do differently to you is do point. Okay. <laughs> um but you know what? The thing is I can't wait to see what I will be what I would be in 25 years or even five years. You know, my going forward always used to tell my dad, okay, study hard, get a degree, and you know what? Start working at 20 and you retire at 60. But reality, that's not the case, okay? There are still people that are, are still working, working beyond 60, trying to make is oh you know and and I want to be an independent person i don't want to rely on my parents and when i go out i don't want to ask them for money you know i want to live my own life i want to be myself i want to be me you know i want to help other people change their lives through this reliable and trustworthy system as what it's changing mine.
0: Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, which really leads me onto the no- next topic, which is how does one design their life when you look at the opportunity that we currently have in South Africa? You know, the old, uh, the old um, kind of the way of life was yes, go study, um, learn skills become an asset to your economy, start working, work for the company for 45 years and retire comfortably. And I think that was probably the case 40 years ago. Um, now, uh, I think it's a lot harder for the youth to be able to look at the next 10 years and be able to take a calculated um, or make a calculated decision as to where does prosperity lie for me? Um, and, you know, I think it's demonstrated in Baruch's testimony and Michaela's testimony, uh, you've gotten involved in all kinds of things and you've had to change and, you know, that might be circumstantial, but uh, it changes. And I think for a lot of South Africans, for the lucky South Africans, they're able to to get away with that Um But for younger people, where does the opportunity lie? Um, You know, you look at the headlines at the moment, some headlines that that, uh, Jane pulled out for me. And, you know, we don't even have to get into this. I think this is almost common knowledge for all of us. Um, The amount of unemployment and the amount of unemployment in the last year has just spiraled out of control i think this first city press article if you look closely it's dated at the beginning of 2020 so that's pre-lockdown and if you look at the figure there i think the figure is sitting at 30 percent so look at the line right at the bottom more than 30 percent of young south africans aged between 15 and 24 are unemployed and then you go to the last article at biz news which is dated uh, a year later 24th of april 2021 That unemployment figures sitting at 74% in one year, in 12 months. Uh, There are also other statistics about graduates um, coming out of university um, with the odds of finding a job being 50-50. In other words, you've got a degree, you've studied, you're a graduate, you've got that degree in your hand. Your granny is very happy with you because she told you, go study and then go find a job. And now 50% of South Africans are sitting with a degree at home, unemployed. Can't even find a job as a waiter, unemployed. Um, and so we also see a lot, of, a lot of our skills leaving the country, but people who have the means to uh, maybe leaving. And so what opportunity, what opportunity do we have? um stace what do you think if you if if you had to reverse 10 years go back 10 12 years would you do the same thing ca study um probably (laughs) one of the five (laughs) percent
1: yeah so I, i would um because it's been part of my journey and it's taught me good skills and um i've yeah, I've learned, I feel like I've learned invaluable things through the process, um, and I still see a value in the qualification. But it it didn't give me what I thought it would. Um, I think maybe I came out as things were starting to change. And, yeah, in the beginning it was you study CA because you guaranteed a job. Um, and I remember even as I finished articles, I um, interviewed for – to stay in Deloitte Consulting, um, and it was a uh, tough. Like there's certain criteria they need for, and there's only a certain number of roles, and it's difficult to to get into the big companies. Um, it's not a it's not a hundred percent secured thing. So yeah, I would do it again because it taught me great skills. Um, but I think there's there's so much to it. I mean, you have to take things into your your own hands, in a way. Um, being an entrepreneur was never something that I wanted to, or was going to pursue. Um, it's I wanted. To, I, I had the very much um, standard thought process of you get that degree, you get in a big company, you're just a number, but it's okay because yeah. <laughs> you'll make enough to be secure.
0: Yeah, and it becomes a race, right? It becomes yeah. you've got to be you've got to be uh, one of the people that have got the. Um, the resources to be able to go to university to have good education to be supported while you're studying Um, and and then even so I mean I think Brendan was telling me the other day how many people uh, drop out of accountancy it starts with how big was your class in your first year Stace?
1: Oh my word in the beginning we had thousands like each class had (laughs) a thousand people
0: and And then how many how many became CAs it's oh, just a couple hundred. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Like that class just gets whittled down every semester, right? And yeah. so it becomes this race. And so you can mm. see how uh, the economy, how the, the, the traditional system uh, mm. marginalizes people pretty much from yeah. the day you're born. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so again, Dewpoint's DuPont, really been designed to flatten the playing field right? You can come onto the playing field, it does not matter where you're from, where you were born, what level of education you have, uh, what experience you have in the workplace, you can come and and be a champion and be successful in this business. Um, and yeah, so, even, Yes, Stace?
1: No, I was going to say there's even like um, the competitive aspect of it, if I think of um, like working in a corporate, I mean it's it's extremely stressful and pretty cutthroat because only one of the 50 are going to become, you know, stay to be a manager and a, then it gets smaller for a partner or director. Yeah. And it's just I like, if you compare it to point of the better people do the more, the better it affects you, the more the word gets out about point, or, so it's, it's a totally different model.
0: Yeah, exactly. You you derive some control over your your yeah. performance and the outcome of your performance in this business. Whereas when you're out there, you you really <laughs> you're at the a
1: whim. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're at the whim. I mean, of the environment, you know. Uh, and we can see how how crazy it can be, especially in this last year. Um, and so you're only young once,
2: Baruch. Do you still feel like you're young? <laughs> Um, Rob, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be twenty again. Like I, I actually told Michaela earlier, you know, if I knew dew point and I'm twenty again, yeah. when I'm thirty, I'll be flying eh? But yeah, no, I'm grateful. I'm just grateful. Eh? grateful yeah. Grateful a new day. I mean, I got I got the opportunity at the right time, so you know, it had to happen at that time. So yeah, I'm just grateful that I'm that I'm part of this. Yeah, something um, we
0: certainly want to highlight this evening is is the benefit of being young. Michaela, do you feel you're lucky being young or do you feel like you you marginalised because you're younger?
3: No, um, Rob, you know what? I love being young. Why? Because I've got the world at my fingertips. Okay? I, I'm a motive. I am very motivational. Okay? I'm very positive. And, yes, you are only young once. And... I'm blessed to have been introduced to DuPont at such a young age because, you know, I'm a type of person that I've already mapped out my future. My future is DuPont, 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 DuPont. That, that's what's going to, DuPont is what is going to help me survive the rest of my life. You know, being young now, I know that is already gonna be my retirement. At the, at the end of when I'm 60, which is in another 40 years time. Yeah. Okay. But let's not think that far. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, you know, like uh, Farouk was saying, you know, yes, Farouk, you are still young, okay, We. But, but the thing is I'm blessed to have been introduced at such a young age because I think that I've got more to offer okay and and i've just got more to go out to people and say you know guys i've got amazing news for you and yeah um do you know being young yeah it might be a little bit difficult because people look at you and they're like oh what do you know you know but the thing is it is just a matter of believing in yourself and telling you telling yourself that you can do it because you know what, I know I can do it. You know, and and I'm in due point because I believe in myself, and I know that that I have been presented with this opportunity, and I've grabbed it with both hands.
0: So when you graduate, are you going to go find a linguistics job? Mm-hmm
3: well um well you know what uh, that was the promise i made to my parents <laughs> uh, but
0: that's you know, something you uh, would enjoy right
3: yes no um i would uh, actually as a matter of fact my dream is to actually when i'm done studying my linguistics degree is to actually go and work for the portuguese embassy yeah and um, and when they need me they transfer they they actually transfer me to parts of Europe where they need me to go and translate or to go and teach but yeah uh, you know I am in Dupont for the long run I definitely am yeah and it's only um,
0: Michaela I know a lot of your friends obviously they're around similar age to you and you've really struggled to get uh people in your age group to see the benefits of the business. Why do you think that is?
3: Rob, um, why I think that is, is because, you know, young people today are still under the impression that mommy and daddy are going to um, provide for them for the rest of their lives. But you know what? Um, My message to the young people out there, you need to stop dreaming Okay. And you actually need to now look at what reality is. And reality is, if our parents and many other South Africans out there are struggling to get jobs, what makes us youth, people coming out of matric, getting a degree, what makes us so special? Absolutely nothing. We just, we just the same as everyone else. Yeah. You know, so, and, Parts what are most of, of your
0: friends depending on? Are they, Do they have the belief that they'll, they'll study and then they'll just find a job and they'll be fine?
3: Yes, yes exactly that. And, and me being a young person and coming into Dewpoint, the worst, you know, what I find is when I first uh, came into Dewpoint, I prospected my friends. My friends said no. And I looked at them. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to mm-hmm. prove you wrong. I'm gonna prove you wrong. And and the thing is, you know, you can't rely on your parents anymore. Why? Because the thing is, our parents aren't gonna be here forever. We are heading into our twenties. We need to start living lives. As,
0: and as it's unfair should... to a degree, I think. Mm-hmm. Sorry? It's unfair. Depend on your parents until until what age, Stace? What is the?
1: <laughs> you know, um, until you have your own kids, you can depend on your parents. Eh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that means you and Farouk are still looking to the
2: parents. No, oh, we're still
1: good.
3: We can move
2: some back <laughs> This is speaking for herself there. <laughs>
3: Okay, sorry, guys. Okay, it's fine.
0: I'm speaking for myself. No, you're exactly right. You know, uh, Mm. it is unfair. Our parents are under pressure to be able to retire financially independent, um, you know, and they want to be able to enjoy their lives. Uh, It's expensive supporting five people Mm. in a household. Um, And so they deserve that we become self-sufficient, right? Uh, Stace, I, think more than that,
1: huh? hmm. I think also it's I mean we we made to to work and su- to succeed we get value out of that um, it's a huge part of life and wow. I think just being independent knowing that you can make things work hustle when you need a hustle um, it's a huge it's huge for your confidence for who you are you learn skills
0: yeah I think the, the trickery uh, or should I say what the youth, hard to say that because I feel like I'm still a young person, so I could refer <laughs> to the youth as someone else other than me. But younger people, what they duped into, uh, and this is a good thing, right? So this is almost a double-edged sword, is that you have the you have the self-confidence and the exuberance and you're very bullish about your future. And what that does is it stops you from, uh, from, from investing a safeguard almost um, for your future. And so you'll find, I don't know how many 20-year-olds actually have uh, retirement annuities or investments or tax-free investment accounts or tax-free savings accounts. I bet it's it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Stace, when did you start your, when did you take out your first investment? How old were you?
1: Um, so I didn't really do investments to start. So I, I just started saving cash in the bank. Um, and it was from when I was 18, um, okay. just working, I'm trying to think school.
0: Uh, why did just, you, why did you just leave cash in the bank? Why didn't you invest it?
1: Um, I didn't, I just didn't have the knowledge and I, yeah. um, it felt high risk. I wasn't sure. I didn't, um, I was like, where do you put it?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So I just, and I didn't really think about it much. It was just something that, um, I, d- I did extra little jobs like, um, tutoring and, um, mm. helping friends with work, uh, just to earn a bit extra to pay my petrol to get to varsity <laughs> and some food. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I saved as much as I could, but just literally in the bank.
0: Yeah, I mean, Um, if we we look at statistics, you know, uh, recent statistics about people who are able to retire or the percentage of South Africans who are able to retire financially independent, and that's not even prosperous, right? There's no prosperity in that. It's just I can support myself uh, when I get to 65. I think the figures are around 5%, give or take a couple of percent, which is tiny, which would indicate to you Right In your 20s, as soon as possible, start investing or start putting away a little bit, even if it's just saving cash or if it's Mm. a tax-free savings account, whatever it is. Start early because the odds are against us.
1: Yeah, they are. And it's just you've got to have a plan. That's the thing as well. Um, But you say it's
0: tricky, um, right? Because even a CA like you, who's got this father who was a business person, even you were nervous to... To put money anywhere except just leave it in your bank account.
1: Yeah, I think I just didn't have the knowledge and I didn't. um, It's actually widely available. Um, So there's
0: websites. What the information.
1: Yeah. And websites that make it simple. Um, And guys who look at wanting to retire young and how do you um, save costs and Low cost investments and all sorts of things like that. It's people who are not in the industry who want to be financially free. Yeah. Um. So it's actually an exciting time because a lot of people are um focusing on that. And there's a guy, Stealthy Wealth, who I follow on Twitter, and he does all sorts of tables that you put in one number and it pops out like what it'll be in however many yeah. years time. And there's a, there is a lot of information. Um but you can keep it very simple as
0: well. Yeah. Michaela, um, how much do you know about investing?
3: <laughs> well, um, you know, I I actually know quite a lot of um, well, about um, you know, saving and um, you know, uh, investing. Yeah. Because uh, my dad from a young age, um my dad had always taught me that you need to save for those rainy days. You know, uh, <laughs> You don't know what tomorrow will bring. You know, you just need to save. And actually from from little, um, my birthday money that I used to get from people, yeah. I used to put it in a savings account. And I used to save um I used to put that money in a savings account and I used to let it grow.
0: And Farouk yourself
2: has investing been <laughs> okay, a part of Yeah, definitely. Yes, definitely, Rob. But um the only problem I had was when I put it into a bank account, I'll remove it like one or two years later. <laughs> <laughs> and Spend it up. But um yeah, look, I've tried to invest uh here and there, but yeah, I always end up spending it. But now I'm so glad I have the access well plan actually. <laughs> where I don't even think about it, I just put yeah. money in there. Yeah. Exactly. So I think
0: uh what we're gonna demonstrate this evening, um is just how simple it can be, right? So DewPoint makes it simple, but what Dewpoint does, besides just offering uh, the insurance and the investment products, what DewPoint does is, is to try educate people more around concepts of wealth so that it becomes more familiar, right? I mean, for Stacey, who felt a little uneasy about investing and yeah, you've got someone studying to become an accountant and someone who's got a, a successful father, it is it's a daunting place and even if you go look for information now there are so many different types of investment accounts and you know there's different fees that all these places take and there's different uh, there's different tax related to different instruments and it is endless and endless and endless and so what we're going to do this evening is we're going to distill it we're going to distill the opportunity of investing down into one single thing. And so Farouk has highlighted it. We've got our investment product, Access Wealth. Access Wealth is a product um, that invests from 100 rand a month into a tax-free investment fund. It's a unit trust with Suntum, uh, at Sunlam, And so you can find out a little more information particular to that product on our website. Um, but we're going to be looking at, well... What can something like a, a tax-free investment do for you? Stace, do you want to touch on the benefits of a tax-free investment quickly? In my mind, I think it's probably one of the first things any young person should get, and they should get it as quickly as possible. They don't even really yeah. have to look at anything else.
1: Yeah, agreed. I mean, even in my own um, investing that I do, the main thing that I make sure I always do is my tax-free investment um and it's just it's got so much value in it. If you think of the portion of your growth that will go to tax, I mean it's it's huge. And if you get to a point with where dew point you you've grown and you're earning lots of money, you'll soon be paying 40% tax, 45% tax. And you just think that growth, like you get half of it. Um so it's a It's a great thing that the government brought in, and yeah, it's so simple because there's they've set regulation on um, the costs that the investment houses can charge. So it's they're generally all low cost, um, and it's um, it's a no-brainer
0: really. (laughs) It is right because government pretty much taxes all proceeds from all investments, Uh, and so. I think you get a, you get some tax rebate on your um, your retirement annuity yeah um, but a tax reinvestment is the other big one
1: yeah, and even your retirement annuity they i mean there's there's limits on yes. how much you can put in and you yeah. get uh, three separate payments and yeah the <laughs> the tax reinvestments just it's simple
0: like you said it's a no brainer so yeah. Uh, So I've got a lovely graph for everybody to look at. Uh, Let me take my head out the way. Okay. So if we have a look at this graph, uh, look at the blue title at the top. This is average compounding of an investment uh, that hasn't been touched. In other words, you're not drawing the investment out like Farouk says. He likes to grab that investment every couple of years. So this is one that has remained untouched. You've, you're putting money into this investment every single month, right? There's a compounding effect because the interest that you're making off of the money you've put in stays in the investment. And so you have this compounding effect that happens every single month. Um, and this is based on the Satrix, which uh, which is basically the top 40 shares in the JC, right Stace? Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is a projection over 20 years, and the interest rate that we've looked at here is 13.82%. I'll get into uh, where mm-hmm. we derive that figure from. Um, and so, for example, if you took out um, Access Wealth, the Access Wealth product, and you decided to put the maximum amount of uh, contribution in every single month, which is two and a half thousand Rand, right? So this graph we're looking at is two and a half thousand rand going into uh, an investment that's invested into the Joburg Stock Exchange. In other words, equities. These are public companies. These are shares that we invested in. um, And there's a monthly compounding effect. And what we've looked at is a projection over 20 years. Right. They've come into dew point. Now, this is for young people, guys. This is for you. It's you in your 20s, maybe your early 30s. Um, you're tired of mom and dad looking after you. Uh, you have a, re, a real outlook as to the prospects that you have in the current economy. And I've always said, I don't romanticize dewpoint point is a necessity, right? Uh, and so whether your outlook is to invest in your own business or to study or to just become an employee, whatever it is, there is still a massive space in your life for dewpoint. And so let's say, theoretically, you started at dew point and you're earning two and a half thousand rand on a dewpoint. And instead of using that uh, for beer money or for buying nice clothes or for whatever it is, whatever those consumer items that we can quite easily spend money on, you decide to do this thing and to invest in your future, to, to take out this insurance policy, For your life for your prosperity and you decide to put that two and a half thousand rand into this tax-free investment so look at the numbers the timeline at the bottom of the graph is 240 months right that's 20 years after 10 years of investing two and a half thousand rand every single month right so we go to about 120 you will see the green line is your contribution Right. So your contribution, you can see that's a straight line because it's two and a half thousand rand every single month. So that's sitting at uh, what's what's 120 months times twenty five hundred, Stacey. Quickly, Stacey, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's about it's about half a million. Right. About six, three hundred thousand. I think it's three hundred thousand that yeah, you've invested at on. that point. Um, When you invest in the Joburg Stock Exchange, there's two ways of earning income. There's interest that you've made or the performance of the share. So the share, when the share gets uh, increases in value, the value of that share increases for you, right? But there's also a dividend payout. So public companies will do these dividend payouts. And so you can see we've got a dividend plus a capital gain on that green contribution. The green line is how much money you've put in. And so after... 10 years that investment will be worth around i think it's around about 800,000 rand all right i think that's a fairly simple concept to follow but now look what happens with compounding interest in the next 10 years so we've gone from 800,000 rand um yeah it looks like about maybe 700,000 look what happens after another 10 years Your income will have grown to well over three million Rand all right everyone with me three million Rand now I'm going to show you what happens if you take that over a 40-year period a 40-year period at the same interest rate you haven't taken any money out of your investment you've left it there you keep contributing two and a half thousand Rand after 480 months your investment will be sitting at around 43 million Rand yeah insane (laughs) do you see why I say Michaela's got a 25 year head start on me the guys that are in their 40s and 50s can't do this Michaela you can do this that little 2,500 Rand That birthday money, right? That ability, that discipline to be frugal. And it's not even about being frugal. Like Stacey said, it's about prioritizing, right? You can still enjoy life and the luxuries of life, but are you putting money away every single month? And so even when Brendan and Stacey did these projections, I didn't believe them. I said, there's no ways. 40-something million rand after 40 years. There's no ways. It's too much. And I went and looked at all kinds of external sources and references. And, and that's the figure. Um, and that is a conservative figure. So I haven't looked at the comments, but I'm sure there's some people saying, well, what's 13.82%? Where do you derive that figure from? So I'm going to show you where I derived that figure from. Right. We said this is based on Satrix. So that's basically uh, the 40 biggest companies in on the Joburg Stock Exchange. So I'm going to quickly go over to Satrix's website. Right. Let me scroll to the top. There we go. Satrix 40. We're going to look at the ETF. They've gonna show us the performance. And you can do this yourself. Go to Satrix. Click on products, click on Satrix 40 ETF, and we're going to scroll all the way down. We're going to scroll all the way down to the performance table, and there you've got uh, their performance over one year, three years. So You can see in the last year how our economy has bounced back from a huge low of 34%, uh, three years, 9%, five years, 8.54%, seven years. Under 8%, 10 years, 10% since inception, which is since nine uh, 2000, Stace. I think it's 2000. Yeah. Um, mm. 13.82%. There you can see it. Can you see the figure? Since inception, 13.82% is the performance of the Satrix, right? Um, I'll show you a, another source that just confirms what the dividend payout is, uh, because we refer to that in the graph. So take a look at the dividend payout. So this again is uh, the Satrix 40. We're on the investing.com website. Uh, so this is not even a local website. This is a overseas website. Um, and there you can see dividends. And you see the second column it says Satrick Managers, Pty Limited, dividends, the yield of dividends, 2.53%. So those are, uh, Stace, so those are almost like cash payments that public companies make to their investors, right?
1: Yeah, so they'll declare a, div- a total dividend amount and it's divided by all the shareholders and it yeah. will be paid back into your accounts and reinvested.
0: Yes, okay. Um, and so if you want to look at, so we could argue and say, okay, well, this is the top 40 companies, um, right? We can look at, I've got another source for you. Here's, here's the, whoops, that looks a bit out of place. Let me just fix that quick. So you can track the all share, right, Stace?
1: Yeah, which will be all the, all the, the
0: shares. Entire, the entire, oh, entire JSE. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a look at what the entire JSE is doing. And I love this because uh, this graph that we're looking at shows the JSE's performance from when I got out of school, from 1995, right? If I had started investing in 1995, the return is nearly 1,200% in the last 26 years. So let's work out what that is, annualized. 1,200% divided by 26 years, 46%. And then you can take off a couple of percent because, you know, uh, these bankers and brokers like to take a little slice of the cream off the top. But uh, I'm happy to give a couple of percent away. You can then take into consideration inflation. Sure. Inflation. 5%, you're still left with uh, well over the 13.82% projection that, Mm -hmm. that we looked at. And so I hope this shows young South Africans the opportunity and the benefit they have purely by having time on their side. You can come and begin building an income with Point. Today, you can start today, get up to two and a half thousand rand. We're not going to limit you to two and a half thousand rand. You can be a big earner like Farouk, right? You've been around since November 2019, Farouk. Yeah? yeah, Rob. Yeah. a short amount, yeah, sounds- a short space of time, we've got, uh, you know, we had who came in there and got to rank nine within five months, and his income jumped to about 17,000 Rand, I think, in the first five months in the business. So all we're talking about is getting to an income, because I know we're going to get the excuse, well, I don't have two and a half thousand Rand lying around, right? So you're going to come to Dewpoint, like Michaela, and you're going to start doing something. You're going to start building your asset with dewpoint, And when you're in this position to be able to start putting two and a half thousand Rand into a tax-free investment, and by the way, what I didn't mention is that there's a limit on the amount you can ve- in invest uh, in a tax-free investment. Stace, what's the total limit contribution?
1: That's 500,000. 500,000
0: 500, Rand. So when you get to 500,000 Rand, you stop, right? Mm-hmm. Because... Anything after that's going to get taxed at like 40%. Yeah. So, this projection graph, we don't go over 500,000 Rand. We've stopped it. We capped it off at around, uh, I think it was before the. It was 16 years. Yeah. Somewhere around there, right? That's where the contribution stopped. We stopped it. So, we stopped contributing. and still, you can see the power of compound interest if you're not pulling your money out of the investment. So I hope the chatter is going wild on Facebook with revelation for this. And is this not simple? Stace, does it get simpler than this?
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't get simpler than this. Eh? <laughs> Just do it. Don't think.
0: And... The ability to make income is available at point, The ability to start your own tax-free investment is available at Dewpoint. And so it goes back to the ethos of this business, which is? Wealth creation. Exactly. Wealth <laughs> creation. Um, and so why don't we have younger people joining this business? Why do they not empower themselves when they've got time on their side? Michaela, why? Why don't they see it?
3: <laughs> because what? and um, They are just purely lazy. <laughs>
0: lazy. <laughs> it's because we haven't educated them, right? But all the wealth engineers out there, and what I'm hoping that this evening does is empower our wealth engineers to go empower young adults. You know, it's it's easy to look at people and to go, well, they don't have the opportunity. And that's often what people do. They, you know, there's this victim mentality. Um, I don't have the opportunity. There aren't jobs out there. I don't have money to go to university. There's every excuse under the sun. But I think until we take it upon ourselves to want to change that outlook, that's not going to change. And so... As uh, I think you said Michaela and Farouk, you want to go out there and help people. This is the way we do it. by educating them, but to educate them first so they can empower themselves. We don't actually empower anyone. People empower themselves. They need the knowledge to motivate themselves, um, mm-hmm. to be able to grasp, be able to grasp what Dewpoint is offering.) So what motivates young people? How do we speak to young people, Michaela, Farouk, Stacey? What do we say to them? They don't listen to old people like me. <laughs> I'll
2: start with Farouk, guys. Okay. They're all looking oh, well, back well. at me. Uh, okay. What I would say is I would create curiosity in their mind. I would say like, you know, would you like to make an extra income for yourself? You know, um, maybe earn up to five to 15,000 Uh, We have cash bonuses just by sharing videos and information. And then they'd they be like curious to see what it is. And I actually grab the attention. Then I'll find common grounds with them. So I'll ask them like, you know, what do you do for fun and stuff like that? Like, do you like watching Netflix? And then I know if they say, yes, I like watching Netflix, I know they have Wi-Fi. So then... <laughs> yeah so they yeah. share the video, so I'm like, "Okay cool, look, I just want to share a video quickly with you. It's going to take 10 minutes of your time. It's just a quick promo video. Have a look at it, and let's talk afterwards And then they watch the video, and afterwards, I'll just talk to them about the opportunity. I'll talk about my story basically. I'll talk about my story, what I've been doing for the last few years, why I chose Dewpoint, why I fell out of employment and stuff like that, and then yeah people sign up, or they, they don't. It's up to them. Yeah.
0: Do you Faruk, do you change your language depending on who you're speaking to so from an age point of view or from a, a life kind of situation point of view?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It all depends on like whether they have kids, they don't have kids, how old they are. Yes, definitely. i will have to change my language a little bit at least Mm -hmm. Um, because with the older folks, I talk more about like, you know, retirement funds and stuff like that, building an asset with the younger funds. I'll be like, you know what, you need some extra money for shopping or whatever you want to do. So yeah, it really depends on who I'm speaking to. Yeah.
0: Are younger adults motivated more um, with regards to becoming
2: independent? Mm, like from my side i don't think so i think um they, <laughs> they're very laid back you know they stay still in the comfort zones i guess so we really need to like you know wake them up a little bit sometimes and then I, I say like you know what i wish i was 21 again i wish i was 25 again and i would really take this you know on and this is the reasons why i take. you must make them think a little bit you know if you make them think they're like oh okay he actually has a point and then yes they'll come yeah. through stace I
0: mean, um, Michaela, sorry, Michaela, if I became a wealth engineer, right, and uh, I was on your first point, you signed me up, and I came to you and you could see that, you know, there's an old 45-year-old guy. And I said, Michaela, I'm trying to prospect these young these young guys and girls. They, they've they just come out of school. Some of them are out of your varsity. But they're not listening to me. What? What do I need to? What language do I need to speak to these young people to get them to understand the benefit of being part of Dewpoint?
3: Well, uh, you know what, Rob? I think um, I think there's actually no language to actually speak to them about. Uh, you know, it's just that um, young people need to start realizing what life actually is. You know. Life gives you it, it throws you curveballs, it throws you obstacles, but you just need to overcome that, you know. And and I think a lot of young people, they do want to be independent, you know. They they don't want to want to you know rely on people, you know. Like like myself as well, you know. I don't want to rely on. On other people, you know, I want to rely on myself. Okay. And and I just think that um, you know, in my team, especially, um, I've got a lot of older people in my team, and when they do ask me how do you approach young people, you know, you just approach them and say, you know, what um could I ask you something? And they say yes, and you just say, you know where do you want to see yourself in 10 years okay and many people say well i want to have my own car i want to have my own house you you know and then and then you approach them and say well i've got a business that can help you do that that can help you change your life in 10 or 15 years time yeah and that's how that's how i tell my people to actually go and approach and approach young people because if someone had to say that to me, I wouldn't hesitate twice.
0: Stacey, what do you think? What motivates what motivates people to invest time in something to create a, an additional income stream?
1: I don't think there's a one size fits all. Like you've got to, um, each person is different, but. Yeah. I think young people are particularly zealous for life and have hopes and dreams, and they have aspirations to um, where they want to go, and they do believe that that's where they're going. Um, so I think it's a part of, you know, Dewpoint can help you get there, uh, whether it's that you want to open your own business and Dewpoint provides the money for capital. Or, Due points, paying your expenses so that you can focus on this other business or whatever it is. Um, you've got to find that motivation in each person. What it, if they want to live the high life or if they want to be financially free? That money is not a stress. Or yeah, you know, it's people are motivated in different ways. Um, and I think particularly the young people that you would want to join point who are going to work um, and who are going to invest in it. Um, yeah, they do have a, a long-term goal and a picture of where they want to be and they believe they will be there. <laughs> so they may not know the difficulties and the challenges that are going to come um, down the road and that the chances are pretty slim. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't want to kill those hopes and dreams.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, it's difficult to balance this, um, this fear mongering, you know, you, you, yeah. you don't want to motivate them by f- through fear. Um,
1: yeah, And I think people have different skills and strengths and you need to work to that. Um I think like some people love their jobs and that's awesome and they should carry on with that. And it's like, you know, having that job teaches you good things. And, yeah, but focusing on dew points and priority, prioritizing that is just, it brings huge benefit and it's within your control. When yeah. you get the promotion at the end of working um, 60 hours a week, that's not in your control.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. And you competing with yeah. All these other people. And you know, the smaller the employment sector gets, mm. the more competition there's gonna be. So the competition's only going to become worse. Mm. Um yeah. yeah, and I liked what you touched on there. It's it's really about finding out exactly what motivates that person you're speaking to. It goes back to a lot of the um the seminars we've done on prospecting where it's about asking questions. Um yeah. Michaela uh, Echoed a couple of the questions she asks um, the prospects. Um, I'm reading the comments on Facebook. There's a lot of old people moaning about the young people. They lazy. They got it all. They're too many things. Oh, and, you know, IT and media is taking care of everything for them. Um, and so, um, <laughs> my message to to our wealth engineers out there is, you know. Don't blame the young people. If they don't see the benefit of this business, it's because you haven't shown it to them properly. Um, we have to start figuring out how to get younger people into this business. And it shouldn't be difficult. It shouldn't, because I think what we've done this evening is highlighted the massive benefit that they have. You go look at the difference between 10 years and 20 years, 20 years and 40 years in terms of the compounding effect of an investment that you can have. Um, You know, the contrast is stark, it's massive. And so if you are blessed to be in your twenties with all these decades ahead of you, where you can produce income um, and where you have the knowledge and the foresight enough to prioritize and value an investment that is within reach. one can argue that it's out of reach it's too difficult it's too confusing i think we've spelt it out this evening um baruch going forward any final thoughts any revelations from this
2: evening uh (coughs) rob for me me. rob for me i would say um all the young people have smartphones so let's get them in our teams <laughs> that's what i'd say
0: <laughs> exactly they, uh, the business is simpler for them than for for other people um oh michaela michaela has disappeared and she's ruined my entire layout,
1: <laughs> <Your> layout. <laughs>
0: um stace any final thoughts? If you if you had to impart some wisdom to the graduating class of accountants of 2021, <laughs> what, would, well, what would your message be?
1: Well, I still see myself as young. And after this discussion, I'm already starting to panic a bit. Um, <laughs> it's like my, my time is, what have I done with the last 10 years?
0: Your time's limited.
1: Um, yeah, you just... The value is huge. Like you you can't um underestimate it. And yeah, it's um it should be as much as young people don't want to think about it, um, I think there are some that do. And you just gotta you gotta find those people and like you were saying earlier, educate them. I think half the problem is just that no one's even looked at that graph. <laughs> no one knows the the impact of compounding and yeah just the the effect of time
0: yeah and and the principle of be of prioritizing the value of of investing yeah awesome awesome so guys for all our wealth engineers out there who are watching this evening i hope you are able to share what we've uh, discussed this evening. I hope it's been a revelation. It's been a revelation for me, and I've been on the planet for 45 years. I didn't realize how crazy um, that little two and a half thousand Rand could get over 40 years, Um, and so I think tomorrow I'm going to be re-looking at some of my investments (laughs) um, for sure. Uh, Farouk, thanks for joining us this evening. Stacey, uh, we've lost Michaela, but uh, thanks go out to, to Michaela for also Sharing a lot of her experience with us. Folks, I hope you are able to share this with as many young people as possible. And uh and I hope to see a lot of new people joining this business in in the next month. Uh I put pressure on all the wealth engineers out there to to go out and actively pursue young people, not to school them, but to gently and kindly educate them as to the real opportunities that they have. Because the traditional opportunities do not exist. They do not exist. You have to just turn their gaze, turn their gaze a little bit and redirect their efforts. Um, And so I hope to see that materialize this year. Guys, thanks, have a wonderful evening.